My name is Rachel Del Judas, and you are listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Forge Leadership Network mentors, trains, and connects young conservatives ages 18 to 25, equipping them to lead in politics, culture, and business. For more information or to get involved, visit forgeleadership.org. You are listening to the Eureka Moments Podcast. Have you ever experienced joy or satisfaction when discovering something? Well, that is what we call a Eureka Moment. The goal of this podcast is to discuss topics that provide discovery, insight, and critical thinking to current issues and events through the lens of a Christian worldview. Join us weekly as we discover Eureka Moments. Well, hi, everyone. Dr. Monty Lobb here, Executive Director of the Business Innovation Center and Professor of Government and also the Program Director for the Political Science Program here at Ohio Christian University. Uh, You're not going to hear my uh, co-host, Jenna Wood, today. Jenna's off on a much-deserved vacation, so I know she'll join us on the next uh, episode of Eureka Moments. But uh, it's good to be with you. And today's going to be a fun podcast. Uh, Later in the episode, we're going to have uh, Mr. Adam Josephic. And Adam is the executive director of the Forge Leadership Network. And I'll let him explain what Forge is and what they do. But uh, he's going to take up uh, the Recasting the American Condition segment and also our Redemptive Praxis initiative segment. But uh, I wanted to go ahead and start with our Live, Love, and Lead segment. And as we have been doing really since the beginning, is I wanted to focus on one of the uncommon sense character ethics. And today, we're going to take a look at excellence. So let me give you the definition as the way uncommon sense defines excellence. It says, high character people strive to be their best knowing that this enables them to do their best every day. Ethical people experience good being that fuels great doing. Excellence is the result of high character merging with high competence. Excellence is a high task achieved virtuously. When high character people collaborate, they produce a culture of excellence, true and enduring organizational excellence. Therefore, is only sustainable by people of high character. And some of the observable virtues are self-control, discipline, enthusiasm, pureness of heart, and a persevering spirit. Excellence. Yeah, this is one that, um, as a parent, as a professor, try to encourage both students and my uh, teenage children alike to pursue. We have, it's interesting, when I do my character consulting, I oftentimes use what I call this, uh, the character competency dilemma. And it's a quadrant, uh, if you can imagine with me, four boxes, and uh, box number one is uh, made up of high character and high competency. The second box is high character, low competency, The third box is low character, low competency. And the fourth is low character, high competency. And this is really makeup of people. So what we all strive to be, hopefully, is to be in that first quadrant of high character and high competency. Those people who uh, exhibit those kind of traits are the people who we're drawn to the most. You, you just, we're naturally, we want to be around people who have, who have high character. We want to be around high achievers. Uh, they're inspirational. We're drawn to them. They're our best friends. Uh, hopefully, they're the kind of people that we want to marry. And we're not always in that quadrant. But that's the goal. And in the business world, those are the kind of people we want to hire. Those are the kind of people we want to promote. Those are the kind of people we want to keep. Those are the folks that really make the culture of the business world and an organization just hum. And so the whole idea of striving to be our best 
does definitely help us and gives us the impetus to actually do our best. It's funny, I, I about three or four years ago, I came to the conclusion that not every student won an A. Man, you, it was like a, a sobering reality because I could not believe that this was what was going on. And I, I ended up asking students, I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a three by five card and I want you to write three things down for me, your name, what grade you want, and the amount of effort on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, the amount of effort you wanted to give toward that grade. Well, I was shocked. A, a, A lot of students didn't want an A. And those that did want an A oftentimes weren't willing to give a 9 or a 10 effort toward the A. They said, well, I'll give a 7. And, you know, and some had good excuses. I I remember one young lady, she said, well, I'd be happy with a C this semester. And she said, you know, I'm getting married. And so my focus is on getting ready for the wedding and planning and all those kind of things. And I, I appreciated her honesty and I understood it and didn't have a problem with that because at least she was being honest. But the whole idea in our society today to think that excellence is just going to come because I show up or because of my charisma uh, is just a myth and a misnomer, and it's it's very harmful. And so, you know, I try, you know, in, in my classes at the beginning of each semester, the first day we meet, when I'm going over the syllabus and the assignment schedule, is really talk to my students about what what the effort it's going to take in order to get an A. And again, I know with my own, my own children, it's like, if you don't get an A, that's not the end of the world. If you've given your best, if you've given your best effort. And so I'm concerned today that we really don't know what excellence looks like. And we're not willing to put forth the effort, really. We're willing to just kind of be satisfied. And like, uh, you know, a half-hearted effort. And it's interesting, especially when you begin to empower people and they don't necessarily share your level of excellence. That's hard as a leader to empower people because you have a certain idea of what this project needs to look like, what needs to happen, what the end result needs to be. And not everyone who works with and for us understands or sees that, at least initially. It may take some coaching. It may take some some modeling and saying, well, now this is what it looks like, okay? Now, I say that as a control freak, (laughs) a self-recovering control freak. And I know my family, like when I'm raking leaves, if I see leaves that are out there after they've already done the effort, I go back over their work. And like, this is what excellence looks like. Now, that's probably overdoing it, I know. But so it's hard for people like me to empower other people at times because this is what I want it to look like. This is my definition of excellence. And so sometimes maybe I need to come off as the leader off of that standard and say, you know what, it's okay. And it's especially worth it if I'm allowing other people to be involved and take ownership. And so there is a a happy medium, a happy marriage there in terms of excellence and collaborating and bringing other people uh, into it. It, And and even the definition says that, is that when high character people collaborate, they produce a culture of excellence. So notice they say when high character people collaborate, when we first started, uh, well, after Uncommon Sense was created, I should put it, probably put it that way, uh, at the Ohio Secretary of State's office, we cre- created three booklets, three sets of curriculum, character, collaboration, community. And the whole idea was is that when people of high character co-labor with other people of high character, I'm not a lone ranger, I'm not a superman, I'm not doing it by myself, but in order to get the result, I have to co-labor with other people. And high-character people, when they collaborate with other people, they know. They, 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 they understand that not everyone else's standard of excellence may look like their own. But it's going to rub off, okay? It's going to be a positive situation so that that person that's been invited into that collaboration is going to appreciate it. And they, too, are going to want 
to create something that has a stamp of, of excellence on it. Now, will it look exactly the way the other person has it? Maybe not. But more times than not, as the definition says, it does indeed produce a culture of excellence. So in our, in our work setting, particularly, we need to be able to collaborate. We need to, to articulate what excellence looks like and then show people how to achieve that. And so I know I try to do that as a professor, uh, as a parent, um, as a consultant, all these different roles. And when we can show excellence, boy, it's attractive. Again, it's not only attractive in our relationships, but think of the business world. Think of people who want to do business with us. Think of, of Disney. If you've ever been to a Disney park, they have what they call the Disney way. So not only the customer service, uh, the way they serve people, but the grounds, everything is just immaculate. It's beautiful. It rings of excellence. And so for most people, they recognize that. They're drawn to that. And so my thought is, is that we, if we want to really influence people, what better way to do that than to be the message of excellence? It's, it's, again, it's one thing to talk it, all right? But to actually demonstrate it, uh, that is attractive. Uh, I know my dad growing up, he, he he's a, was a fantastic golfer, an excellent golfer. And he just talked about how many deals on the golf course that he was able to finalize because he was an excellent golfer. That people, rightly or wrongly, fairly or unfairly, paid him a great deal of respect because he indeed was an excellent golfer. So they made that assumption, well, if he's an excellent golfer, then he must be excellent in this, this, and this. And they were much more apt to listen to him because he was excellent in golf. And so I think that 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 paradigm, that example, it cuts across all sections, really, in terms of how we can draw people to us, how keep people again, and then foster that kind of spirit and attitude and culture, build that kind of culture and build something that really brings great value. So again, whether it's a family and having that high standard, say, Hey, this is how we're going to do things here. We're not going to cut corners or a business or even a community. Excellence is critical. So you can, again, you can find Uncommon Sense at our website, okay, at 1948.com. And so I encourage you to go take a look at that, the uh, ethic of excellence. Well, with that, let me introduce our next guest. I am so pleased to have him. Adam Josephic has been a friend, a dear friend, for a number of years, and he is the co-founder and president of the Forge Leadership Network. And I've been telling Adam that, hey, we're going to get you in here. We want we want you to share with the listeners about Forge and just the great work you're doing because I got to go to the banquet. My wife and I and a group of us got to come uh, yeah. a couple months ago. And I don't know if it was you or someone else who was talking that night, but they referred to Forge as like the farm team. The AAA farm team, like I said, if you know baseball, you know, you've got major leagues, but then right below that, you've got the, the farm system where you're getting the young players ready to play major league baseball. And somebody that night referred to Forge as the farm team, the farm system, getting these young people ready, sharing with them uh, the basics, the, um, the truths, the principles of, of conservatism to get them ready as they become adults and professionals to get out there and be salt and light, make a difference. So Adam, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you, man. We got so much in common, you know, a fellow Buckeye. We love golf. I guess we'll admit to the listeners. We both are diehard Bengals fans. Diehard long suffering. We are. I know hope, hope, you know, it's eternal. We're hoping right. with Joe Burrow and company. With Joe Burrow is a, is a very dangerous, brings a very dangerous commodity in Cincinnati sports, which is hope. I know. You're exactly right. You're right. You know, the Reds, all these teams. So, brother, it is great to have you. And uh, 
first of all, tell us about Forge. Tell us how it got started. How did you how did you start it? Monty, thanks so much for having me. Forge Leadership Network, Forge, we aim to mentor, train, connect, and launch the next generation of conservative leaders in the public square. So we're taking 18 to 25-year-olds um, from across Ohio, the Midwest, and the nation. We're training them for five, day, five days every summer in timeless principles, legislative simulation, and a bunch of practical skills training hands-on. And then we're using that to identify the best and brightest who we're going to pour into over the long haul. So we'll choose about 40 young people every year who will then be invested in, uh, matched with a personalized mentor in the field that they're hoping to impact in public life. They'll meet back up again six months later in Washington, D.C., six months after that in Israel. Um, in, in one year, uh, we've not only trained them at leadership conferences, but we've actually really created a year-long on-ramp into the conservative movement. So you're right. It's really, I'm as, as you said to our listeners, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. And so I always see it as, as the farm team in, in baseball, right? You're only as good as your ability to develop, steward, and nurture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, talent. And in our case, you're only as good, the conservative movement and the principles that we care about, that the best of our founding principles are only going to be carried on uh, to the extent that we have well-trained, high-character, highly competent, highly convicted uh, young people in this next generation who are equipped with both the skills, talents, and the courage to be able to impact public life. So we're trying to replenish, expand, and improve uh, the conservative movement here in the States. So now how do you find these 18 to 25-year-olds? I, I mean, are they, they hiding how do you go find them? 80% of attendees of the annual Forge Leadership Summit in Columbus, Ohio, that week-long training program in Columbus, Ohio, 80% of them come to us from direct referral from an alumni or someone of influence in their life like yourself, like a professor, like a uh, aunt, aunt or uncle, like an internship director, member of Congress, whoever in their life says, hey... I think this program is is for you, and I've nominated you. 80% of the young people that we get from across the country come from referrals. Yeah, there aren't the, – you know, look, college campuses in America are not swimming with young <laughs> conservatives. You know, uh, what you've heard uh, is true in terms of the hype of campuses being dominated by left-leaning individuals. However, there still are plenty of young Americans who uh, love this nation – who want to see its best days ahead of it, who are inspired by the you know Judeo-Christian foundations of our ethics and of our uh, society, and who you know want to apply these principles um, in business, politics, law, in this unique and 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 challenging 21st century context. So they're they're out there, and and about a third of our students come from private you know, conservative Christian liberal arts universities like Hillsdale, Grove City, Cedarville, Ohio Christian University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a third of them come from your, your you know, well-known mainstream, I'll call it mainstream university, your Ohio State, your Cincinnati, whether it's private or public, our alma mater, University of Dayton, we'll get a third of our students from that. And they're looking for uh, fellowship, right? They're alone on those campuses a lot of times. They're looking for fellowship and kind of the credentialing that those students from the um, conservative colleges are looking at, but then we actually get a third of our the the remaining third are piecing together some type of online or community college degree while working full time to pay their way through school. So it's it's a it's a good mix, and they come from all over the country. About a third of our students come from Ohio, a third from the rest of Big Ten country, the rest of the Midwest, and then a third from uh, kind of the ends of the uh, I'd say the ends of the earth, and and sometimes true, uh, but the all over the country, New Hampshire, California. Montana, Florida, et cetera. It's amazing how it has grown geographically like that, Adam. And uh, I've been blessed and fortunate. You've had me come in and speak a few You're times. You're a forge speaker, yes, yeah, backed I, by popular demand. Oh, even. Man, I love it. I have a third. I mean, because the kids are so respectful, they're attentive, they're engaging. And so it, it makes a speaker's life, you know, uh, a dream, so to speak. And so yeah, for our listeners, and, and any 18 to 25 year old out there who may be interested, give them kind of a flavor of like what that week at the academy is like. What, what goes on? 
That's right. So the, the annual Forge Leadership Summit, and in, in, if you're listening to this right now in, in, in June, this year's summit is actually July 26th through 30th in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and applications open now at, at forgeleadership.org slash apply. And the summit is really a intensive leadership experience. So what, what, the, what the conference entails is a combination of renowned speakers on timeless principles like limited government, ethics and life, economic freedom, uh, religious liberty, servant leadership. What does gospel-centered cultural engagement look like? Like how do you actually do cultural engagement in a way that you know honors uh, the Lord and biblical principles? And then it's also a, a lot of practical skills training. So we try to keep them always on their on their toes, you know, moving. Not many lectures back to back. It's a mix of practical skills training. So we do media training. We mm-hmm. do public speaking. We do interviewing. We do, you know, resume coaching, even, even there and, and networking and speed networking, which is like speed dating, but without the romance uh, and, and more. And then we actually do the third component besides the timeless principles and the practical skills are we actually do, we try to immerse them in a couple simulated processes. So the first is a legislative simulation at the state Capitol. So they're coached by real state representatives and state senators. Um, they have, you know, uh, you know, past hypothetical bills and they're trying to persuade their, you know, colleagues, fellow attendees. And then we actually do a campaign competition. It's like a team competition, almost like a shark tank, you know, like a little five or six hour campaign contest where they're actually accruing, you know, made up votes and and all that's a lot of fun. So anyway, through that combination of both, you know, theoretical and principles with very practical hands-on training, we're really helping them uh, get a taste for uh, more of what's to come and, and, and how they can not only better themselves, but, uh, but grow as servant leaders. I mean, this is an incredible, fabulous opportunity. We're excited to have you on here because I know we want to spread the word and more people know about Forge and everything. I got to ask you, how did you create this plan, this vision for this whole thing? It's definitely grown. We, we started it Six years ago, I co-founded Forge with uh, with Justin Powell, who's a, a dear friend, brother, and uh, and and a business mogul, an entrepreneur in his own right. And we we were kind of doing we were doing politics together, local campaigns, state policy organizations, uh, and we were we were involved in, in in state politics and policy and nationally. And we were starting to get to know some amazing people. But what we realized what we realized was that we were in our you know mid early mid twenties at the time. And what we realized were there are kind of a few, there are a few kind of obstacles uh, that we were seeing that were preventing a lot of young people from um, engaging long-term in public life, maybe in their, in their state for conservative values and principles. And, and, and the first was that a lot of young people, you know, want to change the world, but they get involved in politics and they get kind of chewed up and spit out, you know, as we've both seen. And, and, and yeah. a lot of that is they don't have, the friendships, the accountability, the encouragement uh, necessary to, to stay strong, or they just grow really disillusioned, right? That there, a lot of times, um, a lot of times there were, you know, both folks who were really, really good at politics, but didn't have strong moral foundations, right? Right. Um, at the same time, there'd be people with really great, you know, beliefs who maybe weren't the most effective or strategic, uh, you know, leaders. And so a lot of times uh, you'd see a lot of burnout, you'd see a lot of disillusionment, but you'd also then see a couple other things that we found, which were um, that there was there were a lot of great conferences out there. There were a lot of great conferences and even one-off uh, online trainings, but none of them had really any follow-up. So there'd be great conferences, but there there was never any long-term follow-up. So we said, well, what if, what if we could create that? And, and then the last thing was that we kind of saw a conservative, a conservative brain drain to D.C., that a lot of young talent would go to the nation's capital, attracted kind of by the bright lights. And there's obviously a lot to do there. And if you want to go into national security or foreign affairs, you know, it's hard to do that from right here in Circleville, Ohio, right? We get that. But the majority of the things that people want to impact in their community, in their state are done at the state level. And so we tried to give, we, we, we wanted to see more young people have a vision, a holistic vision for their home state. And in that, if they go to DC for an internship or even a short stint, professionally that they have it's all part of a broader vision for their hometown and for their home state where frankly they can make more of an impact have more of an influence and i think see 
even more effect of their of their you know time and devotion. So that was that was kind of what we those were kind of the problems so to speak that we saw, and so we created Forge to provide a year long intensive mentoring and then even beyond that as alumni to pour it, pour into a group of young conservatives for the a long period of time to create the friendships uh, necessary for them to do this in collaboration with others. Justin and I have been very you know blessed by some friendships and some mentors who had paved the way and and just you know helped give us the encouragement, conviction, challenge needed to you know continue to you know try imperfectly to do all of this with integrity and with our soul intact, right? And you right, need you right. need friends who care more about you, your marriage, your soul, your children, you know, when you get older, than they do about any material or political success you might achieve by the world's eye. So so that was really the goal of Forge was to say, all right, how do we address all of these problems that we're seeing and create this long-term way to funnel the best and brightest in the conservative movement, or or I should say young people with conservative convictions to actually allow them to stay in it long enough to really have that impact. You know, I, I hear you say that. And for me, Forge, like the secret sauce that kind of makes it special and unique is this whole idea that you just said is this follow-up and this long-time mentoring. And it reminds me really of the way we in the church ought to do discipleship yeah. with young believers, right? Is, okay, somebody makes a decision, they have that epiphany, uh, they're going to change, and then we just leave them to rot on the vine. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. Well, the same thing it seems that's like, right. may not be a perfect analogy, but at least intellectually you've got these young people who are passionate, they're driven. You're, you're providing this, this receptacle, but then also wisdom, discernment from, from people who've been there, people who can encourage them. They can be a sounding board. And so that, that year-long intensive, and like you said, even with alumni beyond, that seems like that just solidifies it. That's right. That's right. Second Timothy 2.2 2 talks about right this vision of kind of four generations of discipleship. I can say it, I promise. <laughs> you know, Paul is, is telling Timothy, what I've taught you, you know, find other faithful men who will then do the same, teach to other men who will then find, you know, others to do the same, right? And that's my, my imperfect paraphrase. But basically, you've got Paul investing in Timothy, Timothy investing in these faithful men, and then those faithful men investing in these others that they will, you know, seek out and mentor. Right. And, and that's the way the kingdom of God has grown, right? That was the way Christ, you know, poured most of his time and attention into the, you know, 12 and, and, and more and, and, and more. But, you know, we think about that principle and we think about, you know, this forge is really vocational discipleship for young Christians and young conservatives who want to enter, who feel called to enter public life. So you could think about it as kind of like vocational discipleship for those Christians who feel called to public life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it's interesting too, when I talk with other people who run different not-for-profit uh, organizations, social groups, more and more, it seems like the light bulbs coming on that they're realizing, you know, we can't just be all about putting out fires, you know, sending out those uh, letters trying to raise money about sure. all these. But but they've people want a return on their investment. And the left has done this for a number of generations now, decades, where they're teaching the next generation. They're teaching young people and, 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 and raising them up. And so on, on the right, on the conservative side, you know, it's about time that we start to lift up and to train uh, these young people, pass the baton to them, so to speak, you know, so that as some of us are exiting stage left, they're coming on stage and they're bold and they're passionate. So it seems like this is exactly what Forge is doing. Yeah, we're never, as a, as a movement of, of people and Americans and Ohioans who care about um, who care about, you know, seeing what is good and true and, and right lived out in our society so that men, women, and children can, can flourish, right? That's why we have public, good public policy is because when laws and in society reflect what is, what is true, people do better, right? right? right. Uh, we see right. the opposite of this with the, you know, the enslavement of the Soviet Union for all those years, right? Reagan, President Reagan, you know, said that he, he said it was basically like, look, you know, when <laughs> these laws directly attack 
who people are created in the image of God, then of course people are going to suffer, right? But when laws are good and, and, and right, people are going to do better. So if that's the goal, right, if that's the goal, then we will never, if we want more of those people in uh, in our public life and in leadership in our communities, in our state, in our nation, then we're never going to reap what we do not sow, mm. right? So that's why Forge is really a long-term vision. I mean, we're seeing, we're already seeing short-term effects. We're already seeing, we've seen five students five alumni who have now been elected to public office, including a state representative. And, and we're seeing a lot that are a number of students that are collaborating together in different cities and different states across America and make an impact. But, you know, it's, it is a long-term investment. And so we're already seeing kind of the first fruits of uh, this intentional mentoring and connection and training and launching. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 a long term thing because we can't just as people who care about these things and as as conservatives and as you know Christian conservatives, we we can't just keep relying on election season to election season to produce right. entirely different things, right? We're going to have to do some long game things in order to do this. And 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 Forge is never it's it's not our mission or our ability to convert the masses on college campuses. What we're doing is is one one leader. Uh, said this and I'll, I'll take it. I, I'm not at all comparing it to the military because that's a, you know, that's a incredible sacrifice of the families who do that. But he called it, he said, Forge, the metaphor, he said, is Forge is not converting the masses. And it's not the infantry. It's the Delta force of the future conservative movement. And, mm-hmm. and we like that, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of mm-hmm. We are taking the proposition that dozens or hundreds, even thousands over the years of young people who are well-trained, well-connected, over a long period of time can actually make a huge impact on their communities and states, even above numerical opposition of um, you know, all of their <laughs> fellow generational, uh, I guess, classmates who, who are kind of pseudo-Marxists now. So we, we can make great inroads just with a few, you know, good men and women, I guess, is the, is the what's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, right? Yeah, well, at the most recent uh, Forge Banquet this spring, in Columbus, probably one of the most impressive things I saw that night were a number of the students who came up and shared their story. And, and you talked a little bit about, you know, but I'd like just for our listeners again, maybe uh, if you could just, uh, I'm not putting you on the spot here, two or three of their stories, you know, so that that way they can kind of get an idea of who these students are, what they're doing. And some of them are not directly involved with politics. They're in other aspects of the culture. That's right. We're, we're, raising up the next generation of conservative leaders. And sometimes those conservative leaders in politics and policy, other times it's in business and they're starting companies. They are, sometimes it's in law, sometimes it's in ministry, sometimes that's in engineering and farming. And we've got graduates in, in dozens, if not you know, hundreds of professions at this point. And the top, most, the most popular ones are policy and politics, law and business. But like I said, we've got, we've got, them in, in all different aspects of society and life because they have the vision for wanting to be an engaged and equipped citizen, right? They want to be a servant leader in their community and they have a healthy, you know, view and even theology of vocation that says, hey, anything done, you know, anything done by hard work and, and good integrity, you know, to serve, you know, my community to provide for my family, you know, this honor is the Lord. So, so they've got all kinds of different professional skills and interests, but you know, what unites them is that they, they have been trained and mentored to be able to bring our founding principles to bear on this 21st century uh, context. So they are, you know, kind of what our founders envisioned, which was an engaged citizenry right? from which our elected officials would come from rather than a professional political class forge. I do not want forge to, pr- to, to produce, you know, only students who come who from the time they've, you know, been 20 years old have been desperate to run for office. That would not be a good thing right. for our, our, You're <laughs> our, right. our nation. We've seen right. Kind, yeah. No. And, 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 and some have great ambition and, and that's, that's good when, 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 you know, redeemed. Right. And, mm-hmm. but a lot of times those people who want to who are totally those 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 young people who who know that they want to serve their community that they want to serve their state in whatever way that they you know are designed to do that that's the people who will serve well yeah right and, and you know what and it's funny that night some of those students who got up 
they were getting up in front of a few hundred people, but you could just see that great blend of humility and confidence. You know, they're, I'm here to serve. I'm here to learn. I don't know everything, but you could see that they had had a got a passion, a confidence, and a set of ethics and principles. Maybe in large part, they already had those when they came to Forge, you know? Yeah, definitely. But they just were polished, learned a few new things from you guys. And, uh, boy, that really came through that night. It really did. And, you know, we're doing something like that here at OCU with that Redemptive Praxis Initiative in terms of we want to take our young people who have a passion, and, again, hopefully redeemed, who want to go out into society and truthfully— love society. And when we say truthfully love society, that's not all some warm, gushy kind of, oh, let's just get along and love each other, love each other, the way I like to say it, and just hold hands. Sometimes the truth hurts. And sometimes we have to be able to articulate, to to live out, say, hey, what you're doing, what you're saying is wrong. And, and, and society in general is not going to like that. They're not going to want to hear that, right? They're going to say, you're judgmental, you're this, this. But it should not keep us from speaking the truth in compassion and living it out. And it seems that Forge is doing a wonderful job of that. Is hey, We're going to speak the truth with compassion, but we have to do that. If we're going to be honest, if we're really going to make a difference and be courageous, as you said earlier, we cannot not do this. That's right. That's right. No, and, and you mentioned a few of the alumni stories. I mean, we've been we've been blessed to have amazing young people, um, you know, who are credit to their parents, their families, their you know mentors, teachers in their lives, uh, you know, coaches, etc., who have made them who they are. Um, and and you know, one of our one of our alumni is, is State Representative Jenna Powell. She's the youngest female uh, representative in Ohio. Uh, state legislator uh, doing a phenomenal job of trying to, you know, uh, couple, you know, mm-hmm. courage with uh, compassion and winsomeness. Um, and, and uh, you know, she's tough. She's doing a great job, uh, you know, leading and being in the fray in, in a very tough, you know, year or two to be in the legislature, frankly, right, yeah, with all right. the challenges of that and executive legislative power dynamics and all of that, right, a totally unforeseen thing this last 18 months. We have other young people that are serving um, in, in different ways, right? We had a, we had a story about at the, at the, at the banquet, we had a story of a, of a young lady, uh, who's a, who's a registered nurse, uh, in an EMT, uh, in, in Dayton and actually Cedarville, uh, Ohio, um, who, uh, who, you know, was inspired by her experience, uh, with Forge in Israel. When we, we go to Israel to get international level policy, foreign relations, America's role in, 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 in that to couple, with the national domestic policy they're learning in Washington, D.C., and the state policy they're learning in Ohio. But anyway, uh, this young lady, uh, Danielle, she, she was so inspired by uh, this trip to Israel that she, she started finding ways to serve with Samaritan's Ministries on basically crisis response medical care. So she was on a plane to Mosul, Iraq, a few mm. years ago when everyone was leaving Mosul because <laughs> ISIS had just ravaged that city. Uh, that famous city, right? And biblical city, right? Yeah, right. When I think it was Nineveh, right? Yeah, and and, yeah, and so yeah. so much history there had been demolished by the scourge on humanity of ISIS, right? And so Danielle, I think, is one of like two people on a plane headed there to bind up, you know, bandage and 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 love and and care for and try to minister to those who had been left in that wake. So, you know, we've had we've had young people who've worked in the White House. We've had Dozens who have worked in state capitals and national capitals. Uh, we've had uh, young people who who we've got a young man who's the right hand man for former, most recently United States ambassador and former governor and U.S. senator from Kansas, Sam Brownback, who's a one of the truest Christian statesmen of, right. of the last few generations. And so we've got young people in incredible positions of influence, authority, and impact who we're really proud of because they're they're keeping their heads about them they're keeping their perspective and then they're doing it with joy right, it, right. as you know yes uh, as you know from from being in this it, the political I, I had a mentor who said that the thing he really loved about politics is that he really got to know people and the thing he hated about politics was that he 
really got to know people. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, That's true. And, 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 you know, it can lead to cynicism and disillusionment, all these things. But I think the community and the friendships, the deep and abiding friendships that they've formed through these 40 others and, and even more alumni that they spend this, you know, long period of time doing life with, I think has, you know, really helped propel them and, and not only propel them, but sustain them once they're in positions of pressure and stress and, you know, pressure, stress, and, and even, you know, attacks from, from, yeah, yeah. others. Yeah. Well, now we've got uh, students, parents, educators, I'm sure a, a whole other group of people who are interested in Forge. And so talk a little bit, Adam, about the website. Yeah. What, what resources do you have on the website for anybody, again, who's interested in knowing more about Forge Leadership Network? So it's, it's very simple and doable to apply. So you go to Forge Leadership, forgeleadership.org. You can go on the main page and find the application uh, link and, and tab right there. Or you can just go directly to forgeleadership.org um, slash apply. So you can go on the Forge website and on there you can learn more about Forge. You can learn more about the Forge Leadership Summit, which is what you'd be applying for. That's going to occur July 26th through 30th this year. You can also um, you can also follow us or um, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Forge Leadership. And and on that website you'll learn about the Forge Leadership Summit. You'll learn about the Forge Mentorship Academy. The Mentorship Academy is the year long mentorship intensive that um, that is comprised of standouts from that year's Forge Leadership Summit. So this year we'll have about 80 young people that will serve for five days. And then out of that, we'll choose uh, about 40 of them to invest in over this next year. And so that their whole journey starts this summer in Columbus, Ohio, the heart of it all, right. some would say. Some would say. Uh, so they can apply at forgeleadership.org backslash apply. There are financial need-based scholarships available. We want everybody to be able to attend who, who deserves to be there. And so we have some financial assistance for those who are in need, who find themselves in need this summer. So don't let that be an obstacle. And the application process is, 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 is pretty painless. Few short answers, essay questions, letter of recommendation, all the good stuff, oh, but, yeah. uh, but very doable and, and, and something that uh, don't hesitate, though. There's only about six weeks left. Well, you know, if, if uh, anything that's worth anything, there's some hard work involved. And uh, that's the at least a person could do if, if they're at least even half-hearted interested. And uh, that will serve them well. And uh, frankly, you know, you, you want the best of the best. And you want people who really want to be there and who are interested. So that's, that's a, a very minimum uh, bar to, to, to climb. You know, going back real quick to the, the website, this Onward Forge alumni stories, like, can you find that yes, on, on the website? You can? Absolutely. If you go okay. to forgeleadership.org slash newsletter, you can see all of our quarterly newsletters, um, like the one that you're speaking of, uh, our most recent one called Onward Forge Alumni Stories, where you'll be able to read about uh, selected alumni, kind of um, where are they now? It's very encouraging. Well, you know, the Forge Path of Success speaks for itself. When you're looking at over 360 students have been trained, 180 students mentored, uh, you've been involved or on like 126 campuses, okay, 36 states, what, five grads serving in elected office, I think you mentioned, 12 grads who've worked on presidential campaigns, another 50 who've worked on Capitol Hill, crying out loud. And that's in how many years? Yeah, this is year six. This is year six, and it's been a and it's been a great journey, great adventure, and and hopefully many years to come after that. You know, Ohio Christian and and, and you, Doctor Lobb, have made a huge impact on allowing this to not only get started but to grow. Ohio Christian was, of course, as you know, you guys were the first, you know, host partner, right, where we had right. the first Forge summits here, right, at Ohio Christian University in the Maxwell Center and yeah. and, and et cetera. So you know, true and good partner, and we still always relish that cohort of of ocu uh trailblazers every year that comes uh, that that represents ocu well uh at the at the summit so we were just with one of your alums um a few weeks ago our students are this year's students in the mentorship academy were in washington dc and we were at family research council an organization we we think uh, does a great job and provides an amazing internship experience and one of their interns who is now uh, helping lead their development department full-time staff is Allison Gritter, uh -huh. OCU, uh, one of OCU's finest. And, and Allison was a Forge 
grad a few years ago, helped her get connected in D.C. with some internships with Congressman Jim Jordan and others. She got connected to FRC and is just doing awesome things. I know, yeah. you know, kind of one of those mutual uh, OCU Forge mm-hmm. uh, grads, and we love that. We want more of, of them. So, yeah, Allison and others are doing a great job. You know, Allison, i got to tell you a quick story. Allison sent me a text the other day. And she said, Dr. Love, she said, you'll never guess who I just met at Family Research Council. And as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, no, I know exactly who she met. And she said, Ken Blackwell, your old boss, the Secretary of State. And she said, you know, I brought your name up to him. And she said, you know what he had to say? And I texted back and said, I can only guess. And she said, well, all of us have our crosses to bear. <laughs> and knowing me. And so that's, that's funny. Yeah, I'll get him back. Yeah, somewhere you got to back I'll yeah. get him back. Yeah, I'll get him back. But no, you know, as we're closing our time here, Adam, you took the words right out of my mouth. You, brother, have such a servant's heart. And you are so generous with your time, your influence. And man, you... You have been the catalyst to help so many students at Ohio Christian University to be a part, to maybe get a needs-based scholarship, to introduce us to Passages Israel, so that then we could get on the rotation and start taking students to Israel, all because of you and Forge. And so, brother, you know, hey, you know how I feel about you. And so I was so thrilled to have you be a part of uh, the the podcast uh, or, yeah, to today and everything. Man, we just wish you and Forge the best. And again, if if students want to go to the website, just go there and they've got a few weeks left. And what about if people, maybe they're not students, they're past 25, but they still would like to somehow help Forge. Is there any way they can be helpful to you guys, absolutely. There, there are a number of ways that the, those of us who are, uh, you know, in our aged wisdom over age twenty-five, right, <laughs> those right, of us right. who are over age twenty-five can, can, can take part and participate in in Forge. Um, we have, we have some great ways. So that includes uh, that includes mentoring. We 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 pair mentors uh, with students every year. Uh, that includes spreading the word at your church or your campus or wherever or your you know your community. That includes financially giving, if you feel so led. Right? This is this is a nonprofit. This tax deductible. It's all uh, made possible by you know individuals and couples and families who believe uh, in the vision of raising up the next generation of principled conservative leaders here in the Buckeye State and beyond. And so there are all of those ways to get in touch. And I actually want to invite you personally, if you're listening, to attend a Forge for a Day, which is basically a day in the life of a Forge student at the state capitol, at the state house. Wow. This year, it'll be Friday, July 29th. Uh, we, we routinely would get the question of saying, hey, I'm over 25, but I wish I could have done Forge. You know, how, I wish I could you know, be there. And so we created an afternoon and evening experience during the Forge Summit where you uh, get to interact and, and get to experience what they're experiencing, hear from some of our best speakers, see them on the state house floor doing their legislative simulation and you know, to share a fun dinner and reception with, with like-minded individuals in the community. So you can go to forgeleadership.org slash FFAD, Forge for a Day, uh, and, and sign up for that. We'd love to have you. There's no cost to attend. You know, there is an invitation to, to, to join and give that night, but we'd love for you to, you know, spend the afternoon uh, uh, meeting these students, being encouraged by them, right? We need encouragement in these days. That's right. That's right. Uh, and seeing, you know, 80 young people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, all different communities who are, who are, you know, connected by their shared love for this country and their love for God and, and serving, you know, their neighbor on a macro level through, you know, good policy and, and, and culture. That's inspiring. It's encouraging and it'll be a refreshing day. So please come join us. What a cool program. I didn't even know you guys were yeah, doing you that. Gotta be, yeah. Forge for a day, forge for a day. It's our answer to, uh, how do I enjoy this uh, once I'm uh, no longer uh, 25? So, yeah, so come come join us. Wow. Well, once again, you know, Adam, thanks for, for being with us today. And, and ladies and gentlemen, when I think of um, up-and-coming organizations, uh, organizations, movements that have found favor and found favor so quickly and so deeply, forges at the front of the line. And so they're doing something right, something well. Uh, I believe God's blessing it. 
and will for years, hopefully decades to come, because it's an important work and not everybody can do it. And so Forge and uh, particularly Adam does it with a, a servant's heart and a real sense of uh, humility and generosity. And so uh, I'm eager and excited to continue to play a role, a small role, anything I can do. And I know the same thing for our students here at Ohio Christian. So, Adam, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, what a blessing. And, uh, again, I want to thank everyone for listening today to the podcast. And you can go, you can find us at 1948.com. That's 19FORTY8.com. Or you can find us on Spotify or iTunes for this, other past episodes. And also, let me just say that um, we have a blog. And so we have current past students at Ohio Christian who feel deeply about various issues, and they write on them. Uh, they do entries, and they write on those issues from a Christian worldview. And so uh, that is a major part of the 1948.com website. So I want to thank our producer, Mr. Ben Bowers. And uh, also, if you have questions, uh, I think we have a spot info at 1948.com. So if you have some questions or comments or remarks, please feel free to to share those with us there. And so uh, thanks for listening. Pax Wobiscum, go in his peace. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts. They do not reflect the opinions or views of Ohio Christian University. In addition, the views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or of any entity they represent. Thank you for listening to the Forge Leadership Podcast. If you like the show, please drop a review in your podcast app and be sure to subscribe for all of our latest episodes. You can follow Forge Leadership Network at Forge Leadership on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about Forge programming, please visit forgeleadership.org.